Um, Father, we just uh, sang together uh, that by your truth you direct us by your spirit and through your word. And so that's the the prayer of our hearts uh, this morning. Uh, We want to confess that whenever we try to find our own way in life, uh, as individuals and as a church, um, we stumble around in the dark. uh, But we need your direction. Uh, We need you to guide our steps. And we know that you love to do that by your spirit and by your word. And so we simply want to say this morning we're listening and we pray that you would speak to us clearly and that you would show us the way to go. You would guide our steps so we can walk with confidence and so that we can walk with joy in the way that you show us. Uh, and we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right. Sorry, one more. Um, SKZ, something or other, a red Toyota. SKZ. So, um, and I think going forward... Um, We'll probably get a few of us walking around just in, in the previous next few Sundays just for the sake of the neighbours. And that's not any shame on anybody who parked today. We're delighted that you've come and no matter where you've parked, it's great to have you with us. But SKZ, Red Toyota, please shift it ASAP. Thank you. Sorry. Um, and it's maybe just worth saying, because I know as new people are coming all the time to church, um, we do have permission um, to park down at the Sandal Village shops. There are signs down there saying you'll be clamped but you won't be clamped. Nobody has ever been clamped parking there on a Sunday morning, and we have permission uh, to park down there, and also up at Rainbow's Day Nursery, uh, just in the other direction. And so as far as possible, if we can try to avoid kind of jamming up the neighbourhood, that would be really helpful uh, if we can do that. So no more more, uh, licence plates uh, this morning, hopefully. Um, Let me just, before I come to what I I want to share this morning, just one thing I wanted to... um, that was on my heart to say. Um, Ruth, Ruth read to us earlier on before communion um, a passage that probably many of you will know is kind of a favourite of mine, um, the disciples meeting the risen Jesus on the shore. Um, and I think for me, I've, just, I've never been able to find a better way to express the heart of the gospel than this, that the risen Jesus having gone to the cross and dealt with our sin and dealt with everything that was between us and God, comes and meets us on the shore of our life and says, come and have breakfast. <laughs> right? That he invites us to come and eat with him. He invites us into friendship, into fellowship. Um, and then if we respond to that invitation for the rest of your life, every morning when you get up, the invitation is there again. Come and have breakfast coming of breakfast, and I, I don't know a better way to say it, and I wanted to make sure we expressed it this morning, that if that's something you haven't responded to in your own life, um, I guess my prayer is that you'll know this morning that invitation is for you. The risen Jesus is standing on the shore of your life. He's removed everything that is a barrier between you and him, between him and between you and God, and the invitation is there. Just come and have breakfast. Um, so I pray you would hear that this morning. Um, now I'm trying, trying to remember what I meant to be talking about this morning. Um, it, it says in the, the book of Proverbs, um, it's up on the screen, um, where there is no vision, the people perish. Um, and really, vision is what I want to um, talk about this morning. And um, we're going to be starting a new teaching series 
um, in a couple of weeks' time, uh, whenever we get into May. I'm not going to tell you yet what it's going to be about, but it's, we're going to be talking about one of the strangest books in the Bible uh, and one of the most neglected books in the Bible, but one that I think is really powerfully relevant uh, for our generation and for our time. So you can uh, puzzle and debate what that might be. Um, but for the next two Sundays, this week and next week, uh, we're going to be doing something a little bit different. Um, I'm going to be sharing some thoughts, um, really coming from the leadership team as a whole, about the future direction and vision of MCF. Uh, what I'm sharing is coming out of recent conversations with the whole leadership team. So there are 11 of us on leadership. I'm, I'm speaking on our behalf, uh, but this comes from the whole team. Uh, we also had in those conversations some outside help uh, from our friend Alan Emerson. Alan is a pastor and church leader um, in Emmanuel uh, Church in Portadown and also uh, a leader within the Tabar network of church planting um, in different parts of, of uh, Lurgan, Portadown, Craigavon and beyond. Um, and Alan was a real help to us in just thinking a little bit about where we are and where we're going. And a lot of what I'm going to share this morning comes straight out of those conversations uh, with Alan. Uh, these are things that we believe God is stirring and putting on our hearts. Um, in the Bible, um, when we talk about vision, we're not talking about human strategizing. I think it's really important. In the Bible, vision is something that God gives. God gives his people um, insight and the ability to see clearly where they are and where they're going. And that's what we're talking about when we talk about vision. We need to see clearly so that then we uh, can take action and, and move forward. And so these are things we believe God is stirring and putting on our hearts. Um, it's worth saying as I begin, um, some of you will remember some things we shared about direction and vision before COVID. Anybody remember the time before COVID? Um, and we talked at that time a little bit about uh, some thoughts about church planting, and we talked about the Heights and Port Stewart and Sligo. Uh, and I'm aware as I share this morning, uh, some of you will have questions about how this stuff that I'm sharing this morning relates to that stuff uh, that we shared before COVID. Um, and so um, I guess what I, all I want to say about that is we believe that um, what I'm going to be sharing this morning is really a continuation of what we shared before COVID, but maybe also a clarifying and a deepening as things get clear. Sorry, people are waving at me from the back. Thank you, Tim. All right. Very good. There'll be nobody left sing in the room. Um, <laughs> all right. Um, so, yes, a continuation, uh, but maybe also a clarifying and a deepening of things that we, we talked about before. Um, and we are going to share a written document next week, which we'll send, send out by email, which may answer some of the questions you may have about, uh, about that, that sort of journey. Uh, but I guess what we want to focus on this morning and next week is really sharing uh, with a little bit of simplicity the positive vision of what we feel God is putting on our heart uh, at the minute. So if you have questions, I hope we'll be able to, to clarify those, especially with what we send out 
next week. Uh, but I guess as I share this week and next week, uh, we'd like to encourage you to kind of um, respond honestly. Um, this is a conversation we'd like everyone to be involved in. And we'd love you to talk about this in your home groups and with friends and with the leadership team uh, and, and so on. Uh, and I guess I'd love you even this morning as I share to be thinking, how does this land with you? What parts of it resonate with you or stir something in you? Um, which parts of it are you not sure about or maybe have questions about? And I guess even this morning, just beginning to have an honest reaction um, to it. Um, this week, I'm going to be presenting, uh, I guess, the basic vision. Um, and next week, we'll get to a slightly more practical look at what some of that might mean. Uh, so if you're thinking this week's not very practical, I'll try and be more practical uh, when we get to next week. Uh, but I want to read some verses from Acts chapter 11. Um, and we're going to read from verse 19 of Acts 11. Uh, and this will really, really lead us into what we're going to be thinking about this morning. Now, those who'd been scattered by the persecution, so this is where persecution has started to break out in Jerusalem and Christians have been scattered uh, to other places. Now, those who'd been scattered by the persecution that broke out when Stephen was killed traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, spreading the word only among Jews. Some of them, however, men from Cyprus and Cyrene, went to Antioch and began to speak to Greeks also, telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus. The Lord's hand was with them, and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. News of this reached the church in Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas to Antioch when he arrived and saw what the grace of God had done. He was glad and encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. He was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith, and a great number of people were brought to the Lord. Then Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul, and when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. And so for a whole year, Barnabas and Saul met with the church and taught great numbers of people. And the disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. Um, so I'm wanting to think with you a little bit this morning about the church at Antioch. I don't know if it's a church you've ever read about or thought about um, before. Um, and I guess really simply what I want to say at this point is the church at Antioch, as we see it in Acts 11, was a really good local church. Um, it didn't look like that. They didn't have kind of whitewashed little church buildings in those days, but you'll allow me a little poetic fancy. But it was a, it was a good local church. It was the picture we have in Acts 11. It was a thriving, growing, vibrant local church. People were coming to faith in Jesus People were hungry for God's word. There was an appetite for good teaching and people wanting to learn and grow. Uh, there were many signs of God's grace at work among them. I love that little phrase, when Barnabas came, he saw what the grace of God had done. So there was evidence of the grace of God at work in lots of different ways in that church. And if we'd read on a little bit, we would have found out the church was also really generous financially in giving to those in need when they heard about a famine or trouble in other places. They gave really generously. Um, and I love that little detail that it was at Antioch that they were first called Christians. So people looked at them and said, 
Essentially, they are Christ followers. They belong to Jesus. They are Jesus people, right? And that happened first at Antioch. So this was a really good, um, healthy, vibrant, growing local church. But what's interesting as you read on in the book of Acts, when we get to Acts chapter 13, just two chapters later, something shifts in the story of the church at Antioch. I'm just going to read three verses from Acts chapter 13. Uh, And it says this, Now in the church at Antioch there were prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manian who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul who was later called Paul. While they were worshipping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. Okay, so just just those three verses are really the core of everything that I want to share um, this week and next week. From this point in the story, um, the church in Antioch, which had already been a really good local church, became something else, which we could describe maybe like this, that it became ascending resourcing, equipping, missional church. And I put those little arrows kind of uh, heading out. So they send off Barnabas and Paul who who go on a missionary journey through the the empire and see churches planted. And then when they finish, they come back and report to Antioch. And there's all kinds of coming and going that happens from Antioch. It, It becomes a kind of missional hub for other things that are going on uh, wider than that. It becomes a launch pad. It becomes ascending, resourcing, missional church. Um, it has an impact beyond Antioch in the wider region and the wider world. Uh, and in our conversation with our friend Alan, um, I guess the key question that Alan wanted to ask us as leaders and, and as a church uh, was simply this. Could it be that at this moment in our story, God is inviting MCF into this kind of shift from being a good local church to being something like ascending, resourcing, equipping, missional church. And that question really is the main one I want to kind of drop on you and leave with you uh, this morning. Um, When we talk about MCF, uh, as I'm going the wrong way, Um, MCF as a good local church. Um, I want to say very quickly, we don't mean for a second to suggest that we are anywhere close to perfect, uh, not only with our parking, but in other ways as well. Um, We are really, really aware of lots of areas where we um, can be weak, where we can be clumsy, where we can be flawed, where we can have blind spots, where we really need to keep learning and keep growing, right? So we're really aware of that. But we're also really aware of many reasons right now to be encouraged. Um, The church is growing all the time, in numbers growing to overflowing. Um, There's a real sense that people want to be here. A couple of people who visited MCF recently um, really commented on that, just on a sense of people want to be here for church on a Sunday morning, um, which is a really beautiful thing in itself. Um, There's a beautiful variety of people from many backgrounds, Um, Maybe especially when we think about um, the spectrum of age 
We have many older Christians with lots of wisdom and experience uh, who we really value and really need. Uh, but there's also lots of young life. There are young people, there are young adults, there are young families. And there's a sense of the future of the church being uh, very healthy as well. Um, there are stories in and around MCF of people coming to faith in Jesus or coming back to Jesus after, being, uh, after a time of wandering uh, or coming back to church after being uh, away from church for quite a while. Um, there's a hunger and an appetite for God's word, uh, which those of us who teach the Bible find really heartening and really encouraging. Um, there's an amazing generosity um, in giving joyfully and giving generously um, to all kinds of things. And I think there are lots of signs of God's grace at work among us. Very often when we have the open time, we get to just see and hear a little bit of that, the signs of God's grace at work in our community. Um, so there are some ways at least in which um, MCF and the church at Antioch in Acts 11 have some similarities. Um, and it could be, and it might be very tempting to say, well, that's good enough. That's, that's really encouraging. Um, let's keep working at nurturing what we have. And we could go into a kind of maintenance mode. Um, or if we wanted to put it more positively, we might call it a kind of pastoral mode. Let's just care for the flock, the growing flock that we have, and kind of try to keep things ticking over and uh, look after what we have and nurture and care and pastor. But the danger if we do that is that we drift into a kind of complacency. We become inwardly focused and we start to stagnate. And I think as you read about the church in Antioch in uh, the book of Acts, I'm very struck by the fact that could have happened to the church in Antioch um, after Acts 11. But instead, God moved them into fresh missional adventures that hadn't been on their radar before. And something new happened that they hadn't expected or hadn't envisioned. Um, and I guess maybe, maybe one thing we can say, just really simply, is the Spirit always moves the church into mission. The Spirit always moves the church into mission. Um, and in the book of Acts, there's always this sense of movement. When the Holy Spirit comes on the disciples, uh, on the day of Pentecost, there's a sense that they can't stay in the upper room. Uh, they might have liked to just stay there and enjoy uh, being together in God's presence and that sense of God's presence pressing in on them. But there's this sense that they are pushed out of the room into the city of Jerusalem and then into Judea and then into Samaria and then to the ends of the earth. So when the Spirit comes on the church, there's movement out into mission. Uh, and there's something about that that I think it's basic to the nature of the Holy Spirit. Um, how, how can you tell when the Spirit is on a person or when the Spirit is on a church? Because they're moving out in this way into mission. Um, there's something about it that is basic to the gospel, the logic of the gospel, that it's always wanting to move outward. And actually in the book of Acts, quite often, it, it, almost, it, it actually does, I think, talk about the gospel as a living thing. And it'll say the gospel kept spreading, the gospel kept moving. There's something about the gospel that, that wants to be shared, that wants to move outward. Um, you can see the same thing um, in the story of Jesus. Um, there was a, a moment whenever Jesus' public ministry was gathering momentum 
and big crowds of people were coming to him and the disciples um, came to Jesus and they said, everyone is looking for you. In other words, they're saying to Jesus, come and care for the crowd. Come and tend to the crowd. Um, and I don't know if you remember what Jesus said. It's in Mark chapter 1, verse 38. Jesus said, let us go somewhere else to the nearby villages so I can preach there also. That is why I have come. Did Jesus, was, did Jesus not have a pastoral heart? I think he did. Jesus is the good shepherd. He cares about the sheep. He cares about the flock. But in that moment, Jesus um, sets aside the immediate pastoral need in order to move in a missional direction. That, that is why I've come. I've got to move. I've got to go to other places uh, to share good news. Um, so these are some of the things that um, God has been stirring uh, within the leadership team as Alan came and asked us questions. Um, but I want to share this. Um, as the leadership team, we're having this conversation. So I want you to literally imagine this. We were, we were up in the snug upstairs talking about this and getting kind of challenged and stirred and excited. Um, and then as we were having the conversation, I remembered something. And I am sometimes a little slow of brain, so it took me a while to remember this. But then I suddenly remembered uh, that several months earlier, um, our friend Mark Spence was visiting MCF. Mark as uh, the son-in-law of Maureen Hudson, uh, who was a member of our church for years, uh, went home to glory uh, just last year. Uh, but when Mark was worshiping with us uh, last December, uh, Mark talked to me afterwards to say he'd been given a picture as he was worshiping, and it was a very simple picture, uh, but I asked him to draw it, uh, and he drew it and he gave it to the elders. And so as the leadership team were talking, I said, hang on a minute, and ran to my office to get this bit of paper, uh, and I brought it back and threw it down on the floor in the middle of the room. Because um, several months before Alan came to talk to us, Mark had shared this with our elders, and it's a very simple picture um, of arrows going out from where we are in MCF to other parts of Ireland and other parts of the UK and other parts of Europe. And beside it, just one verse, uh, which is from Acts chapter 13, and which says, while they were worshipping and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me, uh, Mark had written it as blank and blank, for the work to which I have called them. And so I set that down on the floor in the middle of the room, and we all kind of sat in silence for a little moment, uh, feeling a little stunned because uh, it felt very clear to us that God was confirming from two very different sources independently of each other uh, that this is something we need to pay attention to at this moment in our journey. Um, and maybe I want to uh, just push into this a little further by asking a question uh, which really is about desire and about hunger. Uh, and it's a question we've been thinking about as leaders that I'd love you to be thinking about as well, um, is are we content to be a good local church? In other words, on the flip side of that, do we have any desire to become something like a sending, equipping, resourcing, missional church? The question of desire and hunger, I think, is really important. Um, and I want to encourage you to have an honest, honest response to that. Um, are you happy enough with MCF being a good local church? Or is there any hunger or desire in you for it to become something uh, like what we're describing? 
Um, I, I think there's lots of reasons why we may feel we'd be quite happy to stay as we are. Um, and it, it may, this may vary from person to person. Um, it may be that you've been here in MCF for a long time, and maybe in earlier chapters of the story of MCF, you were involved in taking great risks to start a new church, to build this building, to take kind of leaps of faith. And maybe now you're thinking, I'd quite happily now just settle in and enjoy church life and kind of coast for a while um, and just enjoy being part of the fellowship. Um, maybe on the flip side, maybe you've just arrived in MCF recently and you're loving being part of a, a lively, thriving church community and you just like some time to enjoy it and you're not sure you want to think too much about this. So that, that could be a very good, honest response. Um, maybe for some of you, you've had some painful experiences of church in the past, and MCF has been a place of healing and recovery. Um, and that has been the story for um, a number of people. Um, MCF has sometimes been described as an oasis and a place where people have been refreshed and recovered after a difficult journey. Um, that's been an important part of our story, and I, I hope will continue to be. Um, but I think there's lots of reasons why we might kind of have an honest reaction and say we'd rather settle down than think about moving. And yet, for all of us, I think this challenge remains. And this is the way Alan put it to us, and I'll, I'll just share his words, that we're not just here to make safe places. We're here to change the world. Right? I wonder how that lands with you. <laughs> right? we, we do want to be a safe place. We want to be a place of recovery. We want to be a place of um, healing. But as Christians, as the church of Jesus, we're not just here to make safe places. We're here to change the world. Um, maybe even as I, I say that, um, it raises another question, uh, which is worth reflecting on. And it's a question about humility and godly ambition. And this is something... Um, we found really helpful in our conversation with Alan. Um, perhaps one of the real strengths of MCF, I think, um, has been a genuine humility which has characterised our leaders and our church. And I think that's a really precious thing and a really, uh, a really beautiful thing and needs to be guarded. Um, and sometimes, but sometimes there's a kind of modesty or humility that, that kind of is there where we even talk about, are we church? And that's kind of, kind of that self-deprecating kind of way of talking about our church. And I guess what Alan was encouraging us to reflect on is that while humility is really vital and needs to be guarded, there's also such a thing as godly ambition or holy ambition, where we say, I want to experience everything that God has for us, and I want to be involved in everything that God is calling us to, and I want to see God use us to impact the world for good in whatever way God wants. Um, so we're very aware that we're a bunch of ordinary people and we're, we're very aware of our humanness and our flaws and our limitations, but we also know from the biblical story that God has always used ordinary, flawed human beings to unfold his story and, yes, to change the world. And so perhaps part of the challenge that we need to wrestle with a little bit is um, how do we guard humility? But also say to each other, let's not put limits on what God can do with people who are genuinely open to him and ready to go wherever he leads. 
let's not put limits on that because that's not humility, that's a lack of faith. And somehow humility and godly ambition can go together. Uh, and maybe one way of expressing this that we find really helpful is simply to ask, how do we locate the story of MCF in the big story of the Great Commission? Right? Because the Great Commission is bold and big. Right? It's about making disciples of all nations. Right? It's about something that goes from Jerusalem to Judea to Samaria to the ends of the earth. It is big and it is bold and it is ambitious. And so maybe the question is, how does this, the little story of our church connect with the big story of the Great Commission? Um, one way um, I find myself thinking about this was, um, and this is definitely not about slogans or anything like that, but insofar as we've ever had a slogan as a church in MCF, the one that we've sometimes used is church at the heart of the community. Um, and I think that's summed up really well, the vision of the Sandal Centre and wanting to be a church at the heart of the neighbourhood uh, that has an impact on the, the neighbourhood. And it's kind of uh, fitted us well, I think, church at the heart of the neighbourhood. Um, and I find myself, as Alan was asking us these provocative questions, um, I find myself thinking about the fact that um, Emmanuel Church in Lurgan and in Portadown, um, their slogan or catchphrase is rewriting the story of the Craig Avon area. Right? And so I tried a, a little thought experiment and tried to think, I tried to imagine MCF having the slogan, rewriting the story of the North Coast. Right? And I find myself really uncomfortable with it. Right? Because there's something in me that just goes, it's a bit, it's a bit big, it's a bit arrogant, it's a bit much. Right? We're rewriting the story of the North Coast. But what I found, um, where I sense God challenging me was, we just need to shift our perspective a little bit because this is not about us and what we're going to do. But if we shift our perspective a little bit to say this, that God is at work rewriting the story of the North Coast. I wonder, do you believe that? God is at work rewriting the story of the North Coast and beyond. The spirit is moving. The gospel is moving. And then we are to ask, well, what is our part? How does my little story fit into the big story of what God is doing? How does our little story as a church fit into the big story of what God is doing? And you start to get a little sense of how humility and bold, um, godly ambition can perhaps go together uh, as we think about it as being God's story, um, um, an unfolding story of what God is doing in our world. Um, so I want to get near the end. I don't want to talk for too long. Um, a lot of this brings us back to a phrase that we've used a lot um, along the way, which is that church is meant to be a family on mission. We don't want to lose that sense of family, of community, of caring for one another. We don't want to give up on being pastoral um, and looking out for each other. Uh, but we want to be on mission. Uh, and a missional mindset will include the full spectrum. Um, it will include everyone in the church moving into everyday mission where they are in their workplace and their neighborhood and with their friends, which is the stuff we've been thinking about in our recent teaching series. It'll involve some of us moving into mission in new ways in Mount Sandal and around the Sandal Center. And there are always things going on here uh, that are moving into mission in new ways. 
It may involve some of us moving into new mission projects in other parts of Coleraine and the North Coast region or beyond, in Sligo or Albania or Uganda or wherever. Um, it may involve some of us moving into new church planting situations, whether those are started by us or started by others, and I'll say more about that in a second. It may involve some of us getting up and moving uh, bodily and moving house uh, to other parts of Ireland or other parts of the world. Um, but I hope as I say that it's clear, everyone plays a part in this. This is not about some people move into mission and everybody else stays still. Um, the question is not, is God moving you into mission? The question is, how is he moving you into mission right now? And it may be in your workplace, it may be in your neighbourhood, or it may be a movement um, further afield. Um, you've probably noticed as I'm talking there, um, maybe in this paradigm and in, in what I'm describing, um, church planting is not the primary focus. And maybe that's where there's a little more clarity now than whenever we were sharing before COVID, we, where we talked a little bit more about church planting. The focus, the headline, is on following the Spirit's lead into mission and being obedient to his leading wherever that leads. Um, and I guess as far as we can see so far, um, and I'll share a bit more about this next week, um, if we follow the Spirit's lead into mission, there will be a whole variety of outcomes. And some of that may include new churches. Um, but we need to be willing to follow nudges from the Spirit. Um, we need to be willing to try things. Uh, we don't need to wait until everything is clear and tidy or know what the final outcome will be. Um, a big theme of our conversation with Alan was that we need to have a sense of adventure and a sense of fun uh, as we do this. Um, and I'm going to share more about what that might look like um, next week. Um, a, big, a big theme that has emerged from this conversation, um, and again, where there's, I think, more clarity than there was before, is that there, there needs to be a big focus on partnership. In other words, partnering with other churches and other people who are doing gospel work and kingdom work. Um, and I guess our sense is that will be really important. Um, that is really key to how humility and godly ambition can go together. Um, we're not interested in spreading an MCF brand um, or building an empire. Um, we've had a real sense as we've talked about this that it doesn't matter whether the mission projects or the things that happen are things that we start or things that other people start and we join in and get involved with in different ways. One of the phrases we've used a lot is, it doesn't matter whose name is on it, right? Because this is about kingdom work and gospel work. And so this is going to be about looking around and asking, what is God already doing in our town, in our region, on our island, in our wider world? And how can we join in uh, by encouraging, by partnering, by resourcing, by praying, and by sending? Um, how do we join in with what God is doing? And it doesn't matter whose name is on it. A um, couple of last things, I'm nearly done. Um, I just want to share a couple of phrases that have been important in our conversation and have kind of followed us around um, and I want them to bother you as well. Um, one of them is this, that we need to be willing to send our best. We've been really struck that for the church in Antioch, um, it was Paul and Barnabas who were the real shining lights of that church and God said, send them. 
uh, into this mission. And so we need to be ready and willing to send some of our best people uh, to be involved in mission in other places. Um, and we, we think that that is something we need to think about. Um, and I guess closely related to that, we need to be willing to give away our riches. Um, and that could include financial riches and continuing to be generous financially, uh, but also our people resources and our resources of experience and our resources of wisdom. How do we share those more widely? Um, how can we share what we've been given? Uh, and I guess I've been struck by, there, there's a theme that runs through the New Testament that says if you've been given much, then much will be asked of you. Uh, and I think as we've talked as leadership team, we've had a real sense that we have been blessed as a church with a wealth of resources and riches in different ways. And the question we need to be asking is uh, not just how can we be thankful, it's good to be thankful, but how can we share it? How can we give it away? How can we bless others out of the riches uh, that we've been given? And so those, those themes um, are going to be there as well as we go forward. Um, last thing I want to say, and, and again, just to say this morning is just about stirring you up a little bit and getting you to think about these questions and think about hunger and think about whether this stirs something in your heart. Uh, we'll get to a little bit, a little bit more practical next week. Um, but I guess the last thing I wanted to say was, um, as I was reflecting this morning on this, I was struck by the fact, um, I think it's important to say this vision is not new. This is not a new mad idea that uh, leadership team have suddenly had. Um, this idea of the church always moving into mission, it was there in the beginning of the story of the church in Acts, and it was also there in the beginning of the story of MCF. Mission has always been part of the DNA of MCF, and if you talk to those who were there in the beginning, you can hear about the missional risks and the missional adventures and the things that, there's always been that missional uh, movement. But perhaps what we are recognizing is as time goes on in any church, the temptation is always to settle and to go into maintenance mode and to go into pastoral mode. And then the church can start to stagnate where there's no missional vision the people perish. We start to wither on the vine. Um, and so the spirit needs to come periodically, regularly, uh, to refresh our vision and to bring us back to these things that we easily forget. So I'm really aware, I'm not telling you something uh, madly new that nobody's ever thought of before. I'm just reminding us, and we've been reminded of things that are basic to the gospel, basic to the story of the church, basic to the story of MCF, but we really feel that the Spirit is highlighting these things at the minute and asking us again uh, to move into mission um, in some new ways. Let me pray for us um, as we finish, and then we're going to sing a song uh, just of response. Um, let me remind you, I know it's been a wee bit different this morning, uh, but if you're feeling like uh, you would really appreciate prayer this morning for anything going on in your own life or your own heart, there'll be a couple of people up here uh, he'd love to, to pray with you at the end. Um, let's pray together. Father, we are um, all, always aware that in this life, on this side of glory, um, we always see through a glass darkly. And we only ever see part of the picture. 
and we only ever see in a, a slightly blurry, hazy way. Um, but we're really aware that you're the one who sees clearly and sees fully. And that's why we're always dependent on you. And we need to come and say, Lord, would you give us vision? Would you help us to see clearly where we are as individuals and where we're going? Would you help us to see clearly where we are as a church and where we're going? Um, and we're really aware we don't need to see everything. We don't need to see the whole journey laid out before us, but we need enough light to take the next step and then the next step. And so, Father, we want to pray, would you clarify our vision, uh, the things that I've shared this morning, anything in there that is not helpful, uh, we pray that it would fall away. But the things that are from you, I pray that they would burn in our hearts. I pray that you would confirm them in lots of different ways so that as a church we can um, step forward with confidence and with joy in whatever new missional adventures you're calling us to. Um, thank you that the spirit is always moving. Thank you that the gospel is always moving. Father, I pray you would give us eyes of faith to see what that looks like in our generation, in this moment, in the places where we find ourselves. And then help us to join in with humility, but also with bold, expectant faith. And we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.